Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg. I'm Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg, and you just entered the database. And for today's issue and shear, we're going to venture into the world of medicine and Greek mythology. How did we get there? You'll find out soon enough. But it starts with a story in this week's parsha, Parsha Schukas. It's one of those stories that is an interesting story in its own right, but it often takes a backseat to other stories like the story of May Mariva. Um, but nonetheless, this story finds itself in Perak Chaf Aleph in uh, Sefer Bamidbar, and it's the story of the serpents, described in the Chumash as fiery serpents or maybe poisonous, venomous serpents, Nechashim Hasrafim. The Chumash tells us that after the Bnei Israel have a very vicious complaint against Hashem and Moshe Rabbeinu, a complaint which really is a collection of several complaints that we've heard in the past, but this time it's the younger generation of Kalal Yisrael. This is after the, uh, the 38 years or the 39 years of wandering, and we are in the, the final year, I guess, so I guess it's 38 years now. And most of the, um, the previous generation is gone. And they now complain about lack of food. They complain about lack of water. They complain that they don't like the mun. They complain that they are not, you know, in Eretz Yisrael. And they are um, preferring that they can be back in Mitzrayim. A whole bunch of different versions of similar complaints that we've had in the past. And Hashem's response this time is, oh, I'm just going to allow fiery serpents, or again, it could be just regular serpents, but they're described as fiery because of their burning poison. And Hashem says, I'm going to just, you know, let these serpents attack you. So the Chumash says that, that Hashem dispatches against them these serpents, and Chazal do tell us at this point the Anani HaKavod were gone because Aaron HaKohen had just passed away. The Anani HaKavod was brought there in his schus. And as a result, the, uh, the serpents were able to attack the Bnei Yisrael who were no longer protected by the Anani HaKavod. The natural predator of the desert would be a snake, so it makes plenty of sense. And the Bnei Yisrael are attacked by these serpents. And what's really interesting is that right away the Chumash tells us that the Bnei Israel they start doing tshuva, they admit that we have sinned, and they ask Moshe Rabbeinu to remove the serpents, very uh, reminiscent of uh, perhaps uh, the Makos in Mitzrayim. This time the Bnei Israel are the targets, and, um, and what happens is that Moshe Rabbeinu goes to Hashem to find out what to do, and Hashem responds with a very interesting strategy if you will, to remove um, the, the serpent plague or the threat of the serpents. What does he do? What's interesting is it's not just a quick, easy fix, as we're going to see. What Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu to do is he tells Moshe Rabbeinu to, to, take, uh, to, to create, to, to manufacture his own serpent, and to place it on a pole for everyone to see. 
And whoever looks up in the direction of that serpent on, oh, that's hoisted up on the pole, so those people will be saved. Those people will be cured, and they, they, they won't be threatened by the serpent, by the serpent's swarms. And that's exactly what Moshe Rabbeinu does. The Chumash goes out of his way to tell us that he makes it out of Nechoshes. And there's a, a Marashi there that talks about um, the, the wordplay, why exactly Moshe Rabbeinu specifically went with Nechoshes, because he was addressing the problem of a, of a Nechosh. An issue for another time, the, the significance of that, that wordplay, um, hopefully later this week, um, if not in a future shir, Baz Ras Hashem. But Moshe Rabbeinu, he, again, he creates this serpent. He, he, he puts it on a pole, the Bnei Israel, they look up at it, and if they, if they did so, they would be saved, otherwise they would not be. So the whole thing is very fascinating. But what I wanted to just bring to everyone's attention is that this concept, this, this image of the serpent coiled around a pole serving as a banner is something that you might be familiar with. You might recognize it from the medical logo. There is a famous medical logo. It's a blue star. And in the star, you see a, a white pole with a, with a serpent wrapped around the pole. And this has become a very popular logo to represent medicine, represents healing. And at first glance, it makes a lot of sense. You find in this story, this was the cure to the, 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 the snake bite in Parshas Chukas. We're going to talk about why this is very, very ironic. And we're going to talk about the Greek mythological aspect of all of this. Because if you would just do simple searches of this medical logo, you'll find... Um, something referred to as the rod of Asclepius. Now, rod just refers to a pole or a staff. Asclepius is a Greek god. And don't worry, I did speak to a Rebbe before recording this shear um, about the issue of using the name of a Greek god, a, which um, at first glance is a pagan deity, but um, the, the, I, I was told that all the Greek gods were nisbatel, so they, you know, we, these are names that we are allowed to use. So, for the purposes of this shear, we will use the name with the understanding that there is no legitimacy to it. But there is something to be said about this because apparently, the Greek god named Asclepius was the Greek god. Supposedly, right? Not actually, um, but in this, in, in, you know, in the myth, he was the god of, of medicine, the god of healing, and he carried around this staff that had a serpent wrapped around it. Interesting. I wonder where they got that from. Uh, I'm not sure where, where where might they have ripped that off of, but nonetheless, this has become the icon, the icon for healing. It's the serpent wrapped around the pole. This was the seemingly it was seemingly the source of cure in this week's Parsha, or was it? So we'll come back to that. Let's just raise a few questions, because there's something that's very odd about Hashem's idea of this cure for the Bnei Israel, putting a serpent around a pole. And the, the, the question is very simple. And there are actually several oh, simple questions, but 
They, they all have to be addressed. And as firstly, why exactly did Hashem come up with this idea? A serpent swarm is attacking the Bnei Israel. Rashi talks about the symbolism of Lashon Hara, the way they were complaining, they were speaking slander essentially about Moshe Rabbeinu and Hashem. So, okay, we take the primordial serpent who is the, who is the icon of Lashon Hara and they were attacked with serpent swarm. Okay, fine. But why is a serpent cure the, the uh, treatment that's in order? Like, wh- wh- why, would we, wh- why would that be the, uh, the prescription, if you will? For for what for for the swarm? Why would the serpents be used as the thing that would cure them? And it's a serpent statue. But again, what does that have to do with anything? Why would Hashem specifically pick that? There's a famous Chazal that explains why, which we'll get to. But I'll tell you shortly why that's very problematic statements that Chazal make. Which ultimately, obviously, I think. Um, it's legitimate. We just have to uh, have to understand it better. But at first glance, or maybe at second glance, I'll say at second glance, this Maimer Chazal is, is is really strange. But we'll get to that in a second. Dealing with why Hashem specifically arranged that Moshe Rabbeinu would use a serpent to fight fire with fire, or in this case, fight serpent with serpent. What would be the point of doing that? The other question is why Hashem did this at all? Why couldn't Hashem just cure the people? Why, why do they have to do anything? It's interesting that the people already, they already said chatanu, they were already doing a teshuva. So whatever it is that we want from them, in l'chura, at this point, we just want them to do teshuva. They, we want them to, to recognize the error of their ways. And if they see, oh, you know, we did the wrong thing, we understand, Hashem is punishing us with serpents because we were complaining inappropriately, we were speaking Lashon Hara, we were doing whatever it was that we were doing, we did the wrong thing, we're not going to do it again. Usually there's not much more we can ask from people in Avodah Hashem, but to do tshuva, just to be better next time and to recognize they did the wrong thing, to do a vidoy, to say chatanu, to clap al chayt, and that's exactly what they did. So why exactly did Hashem then say, okay, great, here's what you have to do, and then you'll be cured. You have to look up at this serpent. Like just you know, like like just cut that out, just cure them, and forget about it. That like, like let, let that be the end of it. It's just very strange that Hashem would have them create this statue. This would be the source. Uh, like we we don't have here anyone offering a katoras, right? Elazar Hakohen is not doing what Aaron Hakohen did in last week's parsha, Parshas Korach. He's not, you know, that's what happened last week. Um, um, Aaron Hakohen brings a katoras and then saves everyone. We don't have anyone offering any karbanos. We don't have anyone um, taking any medicine. We have this serpent on a pole. Moshe is told to make a statue. Right? Very interesting advice. Make a statue. Everyone's going to look at it. Like, why? Just, just, just why? What's the point? Is it a good idea? Because, you know, I, I, I think, honestly, it's a bad idea. Very, very bad idea. And I'll tell you why. So... The, the pushit reason why creating a statue that's going to be the answer to their problems, the pushit reason why that's that's an issue is that this just looks like a Vodazaro waiting to happen. Create a statue that's going to cure you? What do you think is going to happen? Right, we, we, we've already seen statues of animals in Kalei Yisrael's history. It never went well. Right, with the golden calf, Egel Azov. So I've been there, done that. Obviously not a good situation. 
And it seems right now like the serpent is going to become this new icon of healing. Maybe it's a god of sorts. Right? So Chazal come to tell us that that's absolutely not true. See, Chazal picked up on the fact that the, the attacker, the poison itself, the source of the deaths was a serpent, and the source of the cure was the serpent. Thus, triggering Chazal to ask the question, which Rashi quotes, and it's also from the Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah, in Perak Gimel, Mishnah Ches, the same Mishnah can be found in the Gemara on Chavtes Amid Aleph in Rosh Hashanah. And the Gemara asks, Is it really the serpent that's the source of death and the source of life? No. What's really the source? Whenever Kleistral would look up at the serpent that was on the pole, really what would be happening was it was a decoy. It was to lead them up in that direction so that they would be looking up towards Shemayim. And then when they would be Mechavin Libola Shemayim, when their hearts would be directed towards heaven and they would seriously meditate and reflect on the, on the divine assistance and recognize that it is Rimeim Hashem, then they would be cured. So it's not the serpent that causes death or causes life. Maybe by natural means, in a certain sense, a, a serpent can cause death. But it certainly wasn't the case that the serpent caused life. It was the sin that causes death. And it is being mechavin libo lashamayim, doing genuine shuva, really trying to connect Hashem. That is what creates life. That is what restores life. Now, what at first glance we see from this Maimar Chazal is a basic arithmetic equation of cross-canceling. And math is not my thing, but I do remember we had this thing in algebra where you would cross-cancel. Some, sometimes you'd be trying to... Um, so you, sometimes you find it in algebra, sometimes you just find it in, in basic division where... You're tr- either in algebra you're trying to figure out what a variable is, you have A instead of a number, and sometimes you have to do some cross-canceling to figure out what A is, in, like in the fractions. Or sometimes you don't need to do that. When you're multiplying fractions, you can also cross-cancel between the numerator and the denominator, and so on and so forth. And here, what we've cross-canceled is we've cross-canceled out the serpents, right? You thought serpent causes life, but look, serpent causes death too. So which one is it? It must be it's really not the serpents. Cross-cancel, get rid of the serpents. What, what's left? It must be that the serpent is a confounding variable, right? And really what causes life, and here we're getting some experimental psychology in there too, what causes life and what causes death are two different variables. Really, it's the variable of doing averos, that's what causes death, and the variable of serving Hashem properly, that's what causes life. Now, maybe... I have convinced you that mathematically it might work out, that scientifically it might work out in some sort of strange way. But even if you were convinced when I described it that way, and maybe you weren't, but let's say you were, does that really translate the same way into real life? When you're not sitting in a lab, you're not sitting in a classroom with a pen and paper uh, or, or a pencil, whatever you use, it's math, so you've got to use a pencil, right? So, 
when you're not doing that, what do you think when you hear the story that I told you before Chazal spoke up and said anything? It looks like a serpent's causing death and a serpent is causing life. And although from the standpoint of the Maimar Chazal, it sounds like that's supposed to be a contradiction, the same thing that causes death is the thing that causes life. It must be, you know, that, that could not be. It must be that sin causes death. That's one, that's the source of death. And the source of life is serving Hashem properly. But in real life, when you look at this, you would say, no, it's the serpent that's doing everything. And what's something that causes death and can also cause life? You know what we call that kind of thing? We kind of think of that as being a god. You know, something that can control both life and death. It's all powerful. That you know, if you know, knowing nothing else, if I didn't know better, I would say, yeah, that's that's the description of a god. Sounds like a god, all right. And that's you know, that, that, that's what I might have concluded. Call me a kofer. Call me a pagan. Please don't. I'll be insulted. Um, but that's probably what we would have done. So. This seems like an Avodazara waiting to happen, this snake, you know, the snake statue on a pole. Now, in Hachinami, I, I granted it worked, apparently, in that generation. Right? Apparently, there were people that were able to survive. They, they looked up, and apparently their hearts were directed towards Shemayim, maybe. Uh, I guess uh, that was what we have to assume, otherwise they would have been dead. So I guess for them it worked. That's kind of weird, like, you know... How did that work? It seems like a little bit of a stretch, no? And the question that I'm raising right now about this Avodazara trying to happen or waiting to happen, you can make the argument that it's trying to happen. Like, this is what an Avodazara looks like. This is how Avodazara is made. This is not just a theoretical issue. This was actually a very practical issue. Later in history, there was a time where the very same copper or brass serpent on the pole was used and served and treated as a deity, as an Avodazara. This actually happened. Somehow, this serpent on a pole was kept, it was preserved for generations, and made it all the way into the times of Sefer Malachim, the times of the kings, in Navi. And we find in Malachim Bey's in the times of Chizkiah HaMelech, this very serpent on a pole found its way there. And the Gemara talks about this serpent, and the Navi describes the serpent. The Gemara could be found in Brachos, Daf, Yudam, Beis. It also comes up in, in Psachim. On the Daf, I believe, is Daf Nunvav. So in Shabbos, it's in Yudam Abiz, in Pesachim, it's in Daf Nun Vav, where it talks about this serpent, how it was preserved, and, and what Chizkiah HaMelech had to do. That in the times of Chizkiah HaMelech, Chizkiah went on a whole raid of Avodah Zarah, getting rid of and obliterating and eradicating and destroying every vestige of Avodah Zarah. And among the things he destroyed, the Navi describes, he, des- he destroyed Nechushtan. Nechushtan is apparently... The, the reference to this serpent on a pole. So people were serving this thing. 
The Navi also taught, or really the Gemara talks about how Chizkiah also hid the Sefer Refuos. There was a book of, of medicines that he, that he had to hide. So we see that this serpent, for whatever reason that it was preserved, it sounds like the, you know, this serpent made it all the way through the desert. Like this was not just something that they had in one episode in, in Parshas Chukas. You know, one, one occasion we find in the Torah that this, they, they, they have this statue. This is something that apparently stayed with them. It made it all the way to Eretz Yisrael. Who knows how long they were holding on to it, where they were preserving it, but they had it. And then later, uh, in in the, the case of the Malachim, they, they, you know, they were serving this thing. And Chizkiah had to get rid of it. He had to smash it down. Like the Egil Hazav had to be smashed down and gotten rid of. So my question returns. What did they expect to happen to this thing? What, what, what did they think was going to happen? And of course, the irony. The irony of the medical logo. The irony of the rod of Asclepius from Greek mythology which, um, parenthetically, is often mixed up with caduceus, which is a separate logo of a pole, a winged pole that has two serpents wrapped around it, which is apparently associated with Hermes, another pagan myth. But aside from that, the irony is that the whole concept, apparently, which Chazal at least teach us about the serpent on the pole, is that the serpent on the pole really did nothing other than it pointed everyone in the direction of Shemayim. It reminded everyone to look upwards, right? The snake on a pole will get people's attention. Sometimes you got to do something to get people's attention. And hopefully, you know, it's kind of like, you know, yelling at someone to get their attention, even though the, the noise that you're making by yelling at them is not really the point. The point is that you want first their attention, then you're going to tell them a message. So same thing here. The serpent was really to point them up in the direction to get their attention. And once they have their attention, then they'll pay attention to Shemayim. Granted. But if that's the point, the medical logo got it wrong because it's really not the serpent on the pole. But I guess what are they going to do for the medical logo? They're going to draw Shemayim? You can't really do that either. And the rod of Asclepius, right? The Greek, the Greek god Asclepius of, of healing. And what's it, what, is, what is he used to cure people? What's his staff? His rod? It's a, it's a, it's a pole with a snake on it. The, the magical pole that heals things. Clearly, the idea that they got from this was that the snake on the pole is the god that heals things, or it's the magic medicine. So... Again, this seems like it was the perfect setup for Avodah And that's exactly what it became. Not just in Greek, in Greek mythology, but in Navi, in Nach, we find it. Find it in the Gemara. So what exactly did everyone expect was going to happen with this serpent on a pole? Okay, so the beginning of the answer, I think you have to understand is the other question that we mentioned. Why Hashem needed to do anything to the Bnei Israel? Why did Hashem need Moshe Rabbeinu to go through any steps to cure them if, at the end of the day, they were already in the middle of doing tshuva? Right? Hashem needed to give them a natural-slash-supernatural way to act and then achieve tshuva by looking upwards. Why did they need to be mechavi in their hearts to Shemaim if they were already doing teshuva? Right? Like, you know, the, the, like the whole point that we keep on saying is that, oh, they had to direct their hearts towards heaven and then they can do teshuva. But they were already doing teshuva. 
They said Chotanu. They went through all of the different steps, it seems, that, that, that we understand to be tshuva. So why did Hashem need any more of them? And why would Hashem use a ploy that seems to be going right in the direction of Avodah Zarah? And the answer is really in the question. You're right, maybe for a regular person, maybe for a person, maybe not a regular person, but a person who his, whose heart is not in the right place, for a person who does not have a healthy balance of Yerash Shemayim, for a person who has not seen the error of his ways, a person whose heart is not, is not Michavin La Shemayim. So for that individual, the, the, this snake on a pole looks a lot like a Vodazara. But for a person who really understands that Hashem is in charge, for a person who is in the middle of doing teshuva, for a person who understands the error of his way, and a person who really wants to try to start over, a person who really wants to direct his heart in the direction of Shemayim, that individual will not look at the serpent on the pole and see a Greek god. He will not see, oh, the magical cure. He's going to recognize the Ad Hashem behind it. A person who has his heart in the right place will know that it's the Ad Hashem. And the door in the Midbar had demonstrated that they were those people. They were in the middle of doing Teshuvah. They had understood. And maybe for them, the serpent on the pole, every single day that they saw it, when they would be at possibly at harm's way of, of, of dying by, by a serpent bite in the desert, without the protection of the Inani Akavod, whenever they would look up at it, they would be reminded that this happened because we did a Naveira. The cause of death is sin. And the reason why we will live another day is because we direct our hearts in the direction of Shemayim and Hashem is going to be the one that's going to protect us. That really the snake was never the icon itself, but it was just something to get our attention. Once it has our attention... Now we say, okay, what's the real cause? And the real cause is Hashem. That would work for a generation like that. For a generation like that, there is nothing wrong with a serpent on a pole. But what happened in the generation of the Malachim and all subsequent generations? We struggle with our hearts not being in the right direction. We struggle with the vulnerability to things like immorality and even things like idolatry. In the times of the Melachim, Avodah Zarah was most popular. It was happening left and right, which is why Chizkiah HaMelech had to eradicate all of the Avodah Zarah, because that was the thing that was in. So of course people are going to see the serpent on the pole and say, oh, this we know, the legendary serpent on the pole, the thing that cures. Of course they're going to serve something like that will serve anything that moves. And a bunch of things that don't move. And of course that's something that they had to get rid of. And of course that's going to be the icon. Of course that's going to be the medical logo. Of course that's going to be a, a staff in the hand of Asclepius, the god of, of healing. But though those individuals had the same problem, that their hearts were not in the right place, and of course, anything they would see would be without Yad Hashem. It would all be 
godly on the one hand and godless on the other hand. Godly in, in the sense that it's a pagan god. Look at the natural curing powers. And godless in the sense that it has all the scientific explanation behind it without the Ad Hashem. And isn't it interesting that among the different things that Chizkiah did while eradicating Avodah was he hid the medical book? He hid the Sefer Rafuos. Why would he do something like that? The book of healing, the book of cures, the cure to cancer is in that book. Should, you know, what would Chizkiah HaMelech do today? Would he hide that book? Cure to COVID, put whatever you want there. Like, doesn't, doesn't that seem like just, just cruel and evil? But what did Chizkiah HaMelech noticed? that everything was being ascribed to sources other than God. Everything was being ascribed and accredited to the natural forces, the pagan deities, call it whatever you want, but n- nothing intrinsically godly, nothing intrinsically within the Yad Hashem. So cures were, were ascribed to snakes on a pole and a, and a, and a book of, of, of healings, a book of remedies, and not to Hashem. And for a generation like that, all of these things which would otherwise be beneficial to a different generation, maybe the generation of the Midbar, things that would help enhance your recognition of the Ad Hashem, things that would direct your heart towards Hashem, things that would help you be Mechavin, Libo Lashemayim, all those things that for a different generation would work, for a generation that does not see the Ad Hashem, but sees the natural cures and sees all the pagan gods, all the things that are not Hashem, of course, for that generation, these things do not inspire Avodos Hashem, they do not inspire Ahavas and Yiras Hashem. So says Chizkiah what's the point? What's the point of the, the medical world if it's going to steer people away from Hashem? What's the point of the serpent on the pole if it's not being mechavin lev lashemayim, but it's causing people to do avodah zarah, what's the point of anything, any natural advantage in life, if we're not going to see the Yad Hashem? This is what the medical world and what Greek mythology got wrong, and this is what all the Ovdei avodah zarah in the time of Chizkiah Melch got wrong, and this is what, unfortunately, many people today, many secular um, scientists and and students, uh, scholars. Call them what you want. The academics, this is what they all get wrong. Right? Tov from Legehinim. You know, people who think they understand the world because they have science on their side. And they all get it wrong. They all misread the, the story in Parshas Chukas because what do they see? They see, oh, look, a natural cure, a serpent on a pole. And really, it's just, it's just an Avodah Zarah waiting to happen, at least in your generation, yes. In a previous generation, in a generation that was more God-conscious, in a generation that trusted in God. So, yeah, for, for them, everything around them in the world is a reason to be mechavi and leave Lashemayim and to see the Yad Hashem and to appreciate the Yad Hashem. A book of Rufuos can be some form of an aid in Avodah Hashem. The natural world can be used not... You know, um, as merely a counter approach to the world, 
right? You know, you have, you have you have Torah on the one hand and you have Mada on the other hand, and never the twain shall meet. No, that's that's not how it is at all. But if you have all of the natural aspects of the world, the whole purpose, as the Rambam says, so that you should be inspired toward Yeras Hashem, and that's the point of it all. And for some generations, that's that's most worth it, and for other generations, it's not. But I think with that, we have a better understanding of what the story in our parsha is about, and really what the whole point of of the medical world and all of the natural aspects of the world, the hishtadlus, the natural efforts that we could put into this world, what are they supposed to direct us towards? And the answer, once again, is to that it's supposed to direct our hearts towards Shemayim, so that we see the Ad Hashem in everything. Now, if you want to continue the conversation, you want to give a sponsorship, you know where to reach me. Questions, comments, and recommendations can all be addressed to the database at gmail.com. That's the data in base BEIs at gmail.com. And I think that's all the time we have left for this Real Talk Torah. So in the meantime, keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah. Thank you for joining us here at the database.